Hello, and welcome to our FPC Conversations podcast, where we explore how God is working in the everyday lives of people in the FPC community. I'm Josh Gillespie, the Minister of City Engagement and Modern Worship at First Press. Thanks for taking the time to join us and to hear stories of people connected to the FPC community. We hope that you find encouragement through these conversations. In today's conversation, you are going to hear the story of Oscar Rodriguez, who currently serves as the executive director of Martin Park, which is a ministry to the neighbors in the Lowell neighborhood. Oscar shares his journey of growing up in the Webster neighborhood, struggling in school at a young age, seeking approval from the wrong group of friends, joining a gang, struggling with addiction, serving time in jail, and eventually turning his life to Christ and to service. Oscar talks openly about his past and about the people who have come alongside him in his life to provide encouragement and guidance. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation, getting to know the story of Oscar. Welcome to our FPC Conversations podcast. I'm Dan Kimball, and it's my privilege and honor from time to time to lead some of our conversations uh, from people in the FPC community. And we, we really have um, amazing people that we get to, to chat with and hear their stories. And this week, I'm really excited about, um, some of you already know this person, but uh, we have with us today, Oscar Rodriguez. So, Oscar, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to, it's great to be able to talk to you. Oscar, of course, is uh, many people in the church know Oscar, know you, and various ways, and we're going to talk about your current role with Martin Park, but what I'd like to do really, Oscar, is start just kind of learn more about you, about Oscar, Oscar Rodriguez, this guy from from Fresno, and and um, your journey is not a normal journey, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your, um, just kind of how you got here, maybe where you came to faith, and a little bit about you. All right, well, thank you, Dan, for having me again, you know, um, where I'm at today, I would have never expected everything that's happening around me, and I just thank God that He had a plan for me from the start. Even as I process that, I remind myself of the the trauma and the hurt that happened in this community that I serve as a child. You know, as four, five, six, seven years old, and just um, understanding that it wasn't my fault and that. God was protecting me from the start. So, you know, as you said, uh, I come from a, a mother, a father home. I had two sisters, no brothers. And life was, you know, like I said, I, I'm i 47 years old, so it wasn't the whole talk about your feelings. You know, the whole John Wayne, Andy Griffith um, <laughs> show was on TV for me. And those were like, the, like my impressions of what a family looks like and coming from a, a family with um, abuse of alcohol, abuse of verbal and physical abuse. And it just, it just, that was becoming the norm that men don't cry. That was always taught to taught to me, stop crying, men don't cry. And that just built up a wall that just fed into the, the void that was happening. There was always a void and it was, um, cause it wasn't, it wasn't represented right. And then I grew up here in Fresno, Oscar, I, I here grew, on the streets. I grew up here in Fresno on, on Divisadero and, and, um, and M street. We, we lived there. I lived on college. I lived on San Pablo. Um, lived in the West side by Johans. I lived and then by the Webster communities where we moved when I was in the third grade. And mm-hmm. from third grade on, I lived, we had a house there, but I lived in doing what I wanted to do. So, just um, it's just amazing to me. Like the years, I tell people all the time, like the years the locust has eaten, God has restored them, and He's taken me back to the communities that that at first it was like I, trauma that I caused, and then it, it went down deeper as we moved into the low community, and it got the Martin's house, and on the next street over is where um, my childhood trauma happened hmm. as a child that I didn't have control over, and and it's just uh, amazing to me how God just kept peeling that onion. Sometimes it was thinking that I was healed from it and sometimes it was it would it would come up and be like wow I didn't I didn't even deal with this I just said I just marked the box you know what I mean I just marked the box that you know what I gave this to the Lord but there's a lot of things that you have to deal inward and it's affecting the outward effect that you're showing to others so I'm just grateful for the opportunity that I have the patience that I had you know working at at churches for 13 and a half years really 
really changed a lot working at River Park Bible Church and then transforming here to um, First Press. And it was a, a thing that I knew if God's opened his door, I'm going to take it. My family, my wife was, why would you go back to that neighborhood? So some of the trauma that <clears throat> that you refer to, is that trauma that you experienced personally? Is that trauma that you witnessed? Is that, you know, are you? I tell people all the time, like um, in the in the first grade, I walked by a dead body for about three weeks. It was mm. had his head blown blown off in a car, and nobody was like, "They're leave him alone." But you know, every day I would go look at it, and it would decompose more and more. So there's stuff that I took into my vision. There's stuff that was happening within to me, and there was there was a attitude around me that I didn't understand, and I just always said like. What is it with me? Why don't they like me? And it was it's all unresolved issues of the past for their past because that's that's what we deal with generational curses. It's it's a generational issues and they don't see it as a curse, but then you can see how the enemy has um tied people into their past and it's like you are this is who you are and I in Christ I learned that I am not that. I am a I am a man of God. I am important. I am a joint heir of a mighty kingdom and to act like not to be boastful but to act like I'm, I I belong to something and that something's going to fulfill its fulfillment through me and like I said working at, at at First Press and at River Park Bible Church as a custodian and hearing um 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 the pastor from Cornerstone talk about wherever God puts you do you do your best mm. And that resonated like, all right, I'm I'm in charge of cleaning toilets. I'm in charge of keeping the the maintenance of this property at River Park. It was a brand new building. I'm in charge of cleaning all these windows, and I did I did it to my best at River Park. They would say you're cleaning the windows too good. The birds are flying <laughs> into them and smacking the window, and I'm just like, so it's not it's not it's not stopping to do what I do, but just you know continue giving the effort that I know. Because mm. when I first became a believer, I told people my willingness to serve. And my strength is what I have, you know. Now I'm 47 years old. I've done, um, I've done expired my gang member um, age age bracket. You know, 17, 18 year old. That's what everyone said. You'll you'll be dead by then. And by the time I was 17, 18, you know, being stabbed, shot, thrown out of moving cars, and just beat up. It's it's um. You know what? I I've faced everything that 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 came to me, and I, it's not that I'm indestructible, but I'm just glad that now I understand there's a roaring lion out there waiting to devour me and yeah let's go back a little bit for people because for some people that know you they know this this yes. I'll call it the new oscar right yeah. the oscar that that really has been been redeemed and mm -hmm. and the lord is using in mighty ways and, and and we'll tell more about that in a couple of minutes but the people that maybe didn't know the old oscar or maybe don't understand that lifestyle yeah talk about that junior high i mean where did the gang influence come from what was your home like at that point yeah. well like i tell i tell people i'm serving in a community where i went to an elementary school i remember in the and that's lowell um webster 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 yeah. elementary and I, I tell people like you know we're, we're right now with our stats are um kids attendance and um their reading scores and math scores and and when i look at mine i remember in the third grade i missed i missed a lot of school there and I always wonder why why no one called, why no one came to look for me, you know what I mean? And it was during the time when it said no child left behind. And I was always like, well, I guess I'm not important, you know what I mean? And, you know, I've had, uh, I had, I had struggles with school. I had um, a learning disability that I, I didn't even know, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So um, um, elementary school and junior high school were just my platforms to start hanging out with the, with the friends that were finding the same problems at home, you know, we, through all the, all the, all the research that they've done. It's just, um, guys were going out and finding that, that affirmation in the street. And it was not that it was a bad thing. It was, it was affirmation. So as we're building, cause there's a sense of belonging in a gang, yeah. right? I mean, and it, it doesn't yeah. mean that, you know, they're just using and abusing you. You feel like the love and compassion and that's where, that's where it all started. And it just, you know, like I, I'm, I'm a pretty big set guy. I'm I'm tall. You know, it was like, you know, hey, this guy, he, you know, he does what he does. And it's just like I told people, like, I was not a killer. You know, I always knew that I was destined to do something. Hmm. But with the addiction of drugs and just the, the gang violence, you know what I mean? And just that 
that what everyone looked at a gang member like oh they're no good every nationality has gang members so it's kind of they get outcast and then they have to figure it out themselves so either you're you are a killer or you're just a drug addict pushing a basket at the end or you're serving a life sentence so it's like how does a gang a gang member stand now nowadays when it becomes a culture because mm -hmm. you see people with a bunch of <laughs> tattoos and it might be a small tattoo that represents a gang and their whole body's covered in ink and it's just artwork but at one point in their life it was a it was a it was something in their life you know what i mean so mm -hmm. as i as i grew up i just seen that you know what this is something that i that i, I really don't want to do but i i'm doing and i'm just going to go with the flow and it just became oh good job oscar man you're crazy yeah this and it was junior that, high you're in junior high junior high point. all that affirmation man mm -hmm. That's crazy you did that. You did this. Oh, I heard that. that this and that. And I'm just like, you feed into it because that's the only positive that you have. Like, well, at least I'm good at something. Mm. You know, um, mm -hmm. teachers telling you, like, you're not going to get it. It looks like you're going to fail. Like, I don't know what's going to happen to you. Are you dumb? And it's just like mm. when a, um, a teacher's telling you that, you're just like, well, I guess if you're saying I'm dumb, I'm dumb. You know what I mean? So I just did what 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 was expected of me. And that was a hit hit the target <laughs> mm -hmm. and it was a big wall and I was just hitting it in different directions and, and doing this and doing that. And like I told people, like at one point it just came, it just came in the form of a card, a card that was handed out to a bunch of guys that were hanging out on the porch and I was in the restroom and I came out and I was like, who was that? And they're like, I don't know. Some dudes came by. They said, if we wanted a job and I was like, yeah, I want a job, you know? And I picked up the card, called it. They said, come to um, 1540 M Street. I didn't even know where I was coming. And I was like directed to a back corner upstairs. And they said, it's upstairs in the corner. Go up there and they'll be with you. And didn't know what I was getting into, but just walking into that room and seeing 30 other gang members in there and just thinking like, what is what is this? But they offered a job. And it was through the hope, through the through the efforts of hope now for youth. Mm -hmm. You know, if 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 many many have seen the movie, and to see it as a mediocre movie, it's a reality. What's the name of that movie? Um, Do you remember? It's, it's a hope now movie. Hope now movie. It's had a um, it's had a few different name changes to yeah. get more more people um, interested in it, or yeah. you know. But when you live that life and you see that that they they wrote what they said they do, it's a it's a it's an eye opener because not only myself but other friends have come to hope now some have completed hope now or did mm. somewhat or some stayed at the steps and i have like a friend that he's he's doing some time and he's just like i went to the steps and i turned around and walked away i wish i would have walked up the mm. stairs and i said me too what was was so going back to your your you're getting involved in gang junior high high school not your your self-esteem's coming from the gang what is home like at this point? Is there is there is there any kind of spirituality? Is God present at all in your in any parts of your family? No, um, God. Uh, throughout my childhood, God, you know, I come from a Catholic background. You know, my, my mom mm -hmm. tried. My dad, he he um, expressed before he passed away that he he was a believer, and I was like, I never seen it in the way that you <laughs> acted at home. But mm -hmm. and I just like, and he asked me like if I could take him to get baptized, and I was just like. All right. The, the How group, old were you when that happened? I was about twenty six. Okay. So, okay. Um, so you had a relationship with your dad? I, I not really. I, oh, okay. I, I, I was just amazed, shocked. Like he was saying that he wanted to get baptized, and mm -hmm. um, these people were offering baptisms, and I was like, "Well, they're going to have it at Wild Water Ventures. Let's go!" And I took him, and and me and the pastor, the pastor baptized him. I just assisted. But I'm really glad that God gave me the opportunity to see that. And he's like, "I, ne I gave my life to Christ." A long time ago but i never got to that part of it and i was just like i never knew this about you because my my father and like many others that are my age only get affirmation when the father's drunk conversations when the father's drunk and other than that it's just it's just do this do that do this do that and it's just that's that's how parenting was i called it the john wayne like yeah. just get it done you know what i mean and, mm -hmm. and it's like and if you got you got a whoop and it's because he deserved it and it's just like but just to see my father like before he passed away to get his life right with God and and to see that I was I was in a I was in a form of transformation myself and at that time and it's just like all the things that happened in the past really didn't matter no more 
Like I didn't have to blame anyone for all the childhood trauma. I didn't have to sit here and, and um, feel like sorry for myself that they did, someone did this to me. It's like, you know what? It's okay. God forgave me and he mm. protected me then and he's protected me now. So a lot of things, like I said, like Hope Now has a banquet and they, um, they, they, um, they give testimony and those things pull at the hearts. And I tell people like, those are great stories, but transformation is really what with what's happening now with mm -hmm. my life you know what's mm -hmm. happening in our communities and how we're being a part of it how now it's our turn you know the hps and randy whites have now um taken what they've embedded and it's in other people and i was like i could see how h affected this guy's life or that guy's life i could see how randy opened this door mm -hmm. or that door with the the shark tanks and then just people wanting to be entrepreneurs because it, it it's people were entrepreneurs before that but mm -hmm. in the wrong way mm -hmm. they were selling drugs or they were doing things so those goals and ambitions that were being sold to me as a child now can have the real reality of you know what you can start your small your own business mm -hmm. and this is how you do it and this is how you get a business license and it's just like leading people in the right direction without having that false hope that it's going to fall apart because if it's one of my um one of my um mentors supporters told and uh, they told me like anything that we built if it's not with god it was meaningless yeah. and i i held on to that for so long and i was just like man you know what what am i doing here like am i giving out food and just giving out food no i'm building mm -hmm. relationship and really meaning and when others would come and say you just give out food that's that's not that's not church and i'm just like i just shut up because in mm -hmm. reality i already know in my heart that i put the love of God into the middle of this. And even if it's a, a nonprofit or a organization that doesn't believe in God and they just see the the willingness of my heart and they know that I'm a Christian and they now they're supporting a Christian. Mm -hmm. And they're not saying like, well, it's not a church. It, it it's okay. And it's like, well, I know that I'm a man of God. I know mm -hmm. that I know what my intentions are. So I'm really grateful that for the opportunity that was given to me. Like I said, the transformation came through a job. Yeah. Before that, though, before Martin Park, yeah, you, there there was one little window, though. I think it's really important for people to know about your story. It's not to glorify it, but you did spend some time, yeah, um, in the system, yeah, in jail, yeah. prison. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that and yeah, how and, long? And, yeah, and it, like I said, from and and what I appreciate about you, Oscar, and, and honestly, is like I don't, you don't spend a lot of time talking about that, yeah, and, and in some ways that's good because I think sometimes we think, oh, you yeah. know. But but it's it's an yeah. important part of your story. Well, yeah, it, like I said, from the age of of thirteen to twenty seven years old, just going in and out, in and out, in and out, and every time thinking like in and out of jail, in and out of juvenile hall, oh, juvenile jail, hall. okay, incarcerated, and just seeing my life like more and more like they're gonna give you more time, you're gonna you're gonna get in trouble more, and it all was based on the core core of it was my addiction mm -hmm. and my addiction. So you're using drugs at this so point. So using drugs. Uh, my addiction is to help mask the trauma that I had as a child. And I had just had to do a, a inward backwards approach. Like, why am I doing this? And it's leading me to here. And I never ever like get, get it. And then when I get out, I do the same thing. And it was the addiction of not really dealing with my, my with my childhood trauma. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And um, I tell people and when I finally got it, I was looking in the mirror inside of a cell and then it, and it's just like, What's gonna? It's a little mirror like this, like not that so two by three <laughs> mirror, and just mm -hmm. what do I gotta do? And then it's just like I've all, I've read I've read the Bible before all these times that I was incarcerated, and I just like I, I had to surrender my life to God, and I was looking in the mirror, and I and on my neck it says that I will never surrender, mm. and I was like I was like it said bulldogs don't surrender, and I was just like bulldogs i can't be my only life i have to surrender my life mm. to god and and like i said i i surrendered my life i try i told my friends like hey um i'm gonna go to church when i get out and they just like looked at me like all right <laughs> you know what i mean and then mm. and they're like are you gonna become a christian i said i don't know but i'm gonna go to church so this is in in while you're in yeah, the system you're, the system, you're reading yeah. the bible and you're starting to yeah explore, mm -hmm. explore and, I, and I, I was telling them wow. because uh uh time before i had got a job from hope now i go this is an organization called hope now and 
I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to what they're talking about Jesus because mm -hmm. they would say Jesus loves you, Oscar, and I'm just like, yeah. What is this? Is this a census? Do you get money from the city? Mm. And it was always like, what what's the catch here? And there was no catch. The catch was you, mm. and you were the catch. You were the the person that came in, and we get to share Christ with. And when I came home at, at that last time, I came to Hope Now, and I said, hey, I finally get what you guys were saying. Thank you guys for trying so many times with me. And, you know, before Hope Now was um, from 16 to 24, and I was 26 now, and then I was like, thank you guys, and I'm, I'm going to figure it out. And they ran out, and they're like, hey, come here. Who are you? Because it was all <laughs> new staff, you know. Mm. And I, I was like, my name is Oscar. You guys helped me a while back. I know I'm, I'm too old now. And you know what? But I, I truly believe God's going to provide. And I, I didn't even ask him for a job. I just asked him for affirmation. And I came back, and I ended up getting a job working on construction and tile. And um, I did that, and I, I, knew, I knew everyone at the job sites were doing drugs and everything and uh, i knew that my life was transformed when i was working there because work started at eight o'clock everyone else started at 8 45 mm. but work started at eight o'clock mm. everyone else had to get high or drink or smoke or whatever they're doing then get to work like i had to start at eight and i used to think like well if i get if i do drugs or whatever i could start at 8 45 like mm -hmm. no i'm not you know mm -hmm. what i mean so i would get to work and get things ready and it just Again, these were just steps that God told me, like, by the sweat of your broth, bra, you're going to work. Mm -hmm. He put that in my heart. And my willingness, like, well, what are your gifts? People would talk about gifts. And I said, my willingness to serve and my strength. That's all mm -hmm. I have, God. Do something with it because I don't know. I don't have pastoral. And I, I didn't have examples. You know what I mean? I didn't have examples of what a Christian looks like. You know, I come from a family of being Catholics and Jehovah Witnesses. And I just like, what is it? If I'm confessing Christ— what is it gonna? What does the one look like? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and and so that that conversion. When did that take place? When did you formally kind of make that step to accept Christ? I I think it happened when I was incarcerated, mm. and I still had some doubt. So I still kept being with my friends, the gang, mm. and I just said, if I die and I'm still hanging out with my friends, then I'm going to be like the guy on the other side, Lazar Lazarus and the rich guy, mm -hmm. where I, I, I knew, but I didn't, I didn't accept it. But when I go home, I'm not going to turn back. Mm. I'm not going to turn to dust again. Because I, like I said, I read a lot of Bible, but didn't believe it. I used to tell people, I, read the, I, I learned how to read by reading a daily bread in the Bible. In, 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 in jail, in, in prison. Jail. In, in that's jail. crazy i mean if you think about that it's it's kind of crazy because like i did you know like many people i've done the year mm -hmm. year in the bible and we're the we're going to do that again and yeah it's hard to understand yeah so to have to have be coming up with no church background yeah and just poppy reading this bible it's pretty crazy that no, the lord kind of spoke to you the way he did no church background no no acknowledgement how to read never went to high school was learning disability learning disability <laughs> oh man and then i learned how to read a daily someone handed me a daily bread and mm -hmm. i thought they were making fun of me and i ended up getting in trouble where i had to be locked down and that's the only thing i had and i learned mm -hmm. how to read and i didn't even know that you read a daily bread daily i was mm -hmm. just reading it <laughs> i didn't <laughs> cover know to cover I, I didn't know that you started i just i was just sounding out words and the words that i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't say them and i'll just mm -hmm. keep going because what i've learned and since then as I'm reading to my staff, as I'm reading to other people, if there's a word that I cannot pronounce, I just don't say it and just keep going. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. some people people always tell me, like, <clears throat> when you speak and you speak from your heart, it's so meaningful. Mm -hmm. When we see you, you write it down, and yeah, it's the same thing, but it's not the same with mm -hmm. you. So just be reminded that speak your heart. And I've always said, like, if God is using that, why would I change it? Mm -hmm. And then it's getting to a point where, the simplicity of it is so easy. Why complicate it? And I tell people, like, we're ministering to the kids. We're ministering to the lost, the people that may have um, may have had a, a relationship with God, but were church hurt. So as I tell them, like, hey, man, come here. Let me get you something to drink. Let me, let me, hospitality. And that's mm -hmm. one of the biggest keys that I learned as I, I worked at First Presbyterian Church. Is so how, how did you get that job? Tell us, tell us about that, that yeah, transition. So, Where were you before and... And, mm -hmm. and how did you so come hope, about? Hope now, like I said, they didn't give me a job. 
I got the job at the um, construction site. And then um, after working there a year, I was just like, Lord, I need another job. You know, I need I need to work. I know I know I know I need to work. I'm not going to stop working to try to do our things. And Bill Bill from Hope Now called me. He's like, Hey, I have a job for you. And I said, I'll take it. He goes, You don't even want to know what it is. I said, Nope, I'm good. <laughs> and I was about to shave my head. Mm. And I stopped and I, I went to this job. He goes, It's at it's at my church. It's at um, River Park Bible Church. They just built a brand new building. They're looking for a custodian to take care of it. I said, I'll take it. He's like, All right. So I went to I went to River Park and I was there for three and a half years. And the first week, my uncomfortableness came in because everyone was different than me. Mm. And this was my expectations that I had this job where everyone was different. I wasn't different. At, how everyone was white. Okay, mm. yeah, there and it is. I, I tell I tell people all the time mm -hmm. like those are those are boundaries, but you don't have to fall into those boundaries. And there's no expectation. There's just like, hey, how you doing? And and when I met people at the church. They would look at me and say, "How you doing, Oscar?" Shake my hand and look at me in the eyes, and I was like, "It was, it was intimidating." Mm. I said, "Man, I can do all this criminal activity, but I can't, <laughs> I can't do this." I was sweating bullets. In my first week, I got dropped off, and um, I wanted to leave, but then someone, the Holy Spirit, and and God, and people that worked there, as I, I'm transparent with my life. I told them like, "I don't feel comfortable right here," and they're like, "Let's pray." And, and and God has kept telling my heart, they love me, they'll love you. Hmm. Wherever you go, don't worry about it. And then that's where, like I said, I got the the refuge of working at churches that built uh, this character that I didn't know that I was, you know. And I, I always tell people, like, how does a Christian act? And I was like, I had to figure out how to be a Christian. So I was there three and a half years. And then um, Hope Now called me again because they had a really – they're here at the First Presbyterian Church, and they said, hey, they want to hire a custodian at First Press, and we thought of you. Mm. And and I, I came, and I interviewed for the job with Torsten, and I just and she said, like, what do you see yourself? And I'm like, well, I know that I'm not going to be a custodian, because I already had a good idea that God was going to use me, mm. and I wasn't going to fall because of, you know. Um, just to go back, the biggest thing that I've done is the sobriety. You know, mm. like I, I tell people, I have a drug and alcohol problem. But and I don't drink and I don't use drugs. But other people, if they can function, that's on them. Like, mm -hmm. but I don't. I don't. Mm -hmm. It's been 21 years since I have alcohol. It's been 20. You know what I mean? I tell mm -hmm. people like I'm not even good with like it being cooked in wine. I'm mm -hmm. not good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I tell myself, but that's a decision that I made that keeps me going in the path that I'm sure, going. Sure, that's your journey. Yeah, yeah, that's my journey. And yeah. I, I um, some people are like well. I drink and I'm like, well, it's okay. Some people can have a drink. I I maybe can't, and I'm not going to tempt myself by doing that. So, you know, um, got the job here at First Press. Was here for about nine and a half years. Within that time, I just was was growing and just. The Are you married at this point? Married, married at this point. Um, at 26, when when I came home, I I wanted to get right with God. I got married to my wife, um, Roger Feenstra. Married us in his um, in his living room from Hope Now. Um, he married us at, at his living room, and I just like I just seen it as a, as again I'm putting on these rings. I gave my life to you, God. My my gang friends know that I've changed. My wife knows that I'm just going to be faithful to her. Where'd you meet? Me and my wife, we we had a relationship before that. You know, we have kids, and it was not the best. It was not the best environment. But as we had kids, and then um, she was a believer, and I wasn't. And then when I came home, she was hurt because she had lost her daughter, and I was on fire for God. So I was mm -hmm. kind of carrying. I was like, "All right, it's my turn to be the man, carry her," and had to reassure her that I wasn't gonna go back, get incarcerated. I wasn't gonna go back to the streets, and it takes time from the stuff that you, you know, the trauma that I caused in her life. So it was hard for her to to trust me, you know. So as I'm working at First Press. You know, we we have a we have a house where it has Section A, and then now Joni Martin's like, "Hey, want you to buy our house?" And I was just like, and that's another form of trust that she was like, "Well, I'm gonna give up all this stuff that we have, and and go do this, and you're gonna be." And I'm like, "Yes, you know." And and we, so for those people that listen to the podcast that maybe don't know Joni's name or don't know the history yeah. of Martin Park, give us a synopsis of what the Martins were doing at Martin Park. At yeah, that so. Time. 
So dur- <clears throat> during the time that I was here at First Press, I knew that the church was um, involved in the community with Neighbors Russ, with the Martins, with the relocate people that relocated into the low community. And I just like, that's cool. Like in my mind, I'm like, I want to live the American dream, white picket fence somewhere in Clovis, <laughs> wave at my neighbors. And it's just like, I didn't see that that was going to be my community. And as Joni, um, Joni so is Joni, she's just like, hey, we're moving. And, and, um, and then I heard you wanted to buy a house. And I was trying to move Julie out somewhere on out in the boonies away from everything and she didn't want to. And I was like, yeah. And then she's like, come look at my house. And when she gave me the address, I was like, I can't live in this neighborhood. Because it's home for you, right? Yeah, it's what you grew yeah, up with so many memories. Yeah, yeah, so many memories, so much so much violence. But I said, you know what? Um, if it's your will, Lord, you know, there's there's lines between that later on as people always tell me, like, man, you need to write a book about this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, eventually uh, sit down, find the time to, to find me a ghostwriter because I know <laughs> I can't write it, but <laughs> I can find someone that's going to do it. But um just it, it grew on us. We met at the property, and Joni was like, I really think God wants you to have our house. And I was just like, you know, during the, the housing crisis, you know, it's like during all these things. And then it's just like they they prayed about it. We prayed about it and then just said, hey, thank you for the opportunity. We can't do it. And they said, well, what it would look like if we hold the loan for you for five years? And I was like, I didn't know what these I didn't know. Mm. Mm-hmm. But interest, I didn't know what none of these words were, meant. I just knew that I had debt. Now, I had debt from um, ambulance bills. Mm. Julie had debt from um, these little small colleges that just take your money, you know. And then mm-hmm. we we're, we're just have, we, we have um, all these kids, and we're like, we can't afford this house. It's a, to us, it's a. It's How many a, kids did you have at this point? Um, <clears throat> at that point, we've, I think we had, um, we had all of them. We had, okay, so that's your family, which yeah, is which is um, we're a family of nine. Okay, wow. one one daughter passed away in a car accident hmm. beforehand, but um, we're a family of nine, and now we have eleven grandkids. Wow! You know? So it's just wow. like, and now as we look back, we're like, wow, this was God's plan from the gate, you know, hmm. from the beginning. So we move into the house, we embrace the community, the things that they're doing. Joni and always has told me that you're going to do things different. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. And, and you know, the amazingness with the community and having my doubts of the community, but at the same time being able to overstep those boundaries because now I'm a light. I'm looking. They're looking at me like, how did you get this house? I'm like, with God. Mm. How did you get this? How do you do all this Christian stuff you do with God? And they're just like looking at, walking, looking at me up and down, and just saying, oh, I can't believe you, you changed your life. You know what I mean? But people that knew me from the past, and I just tell them, with God, all things are possible. And it's just relying on the simpleness of what the Word says. You know, be faithful. Understand that He is God and love Him. And I just kept doing that year after year. And then, and then finally those five years were up. I, so at this point, you're <clears throat> living in this house. Yeah. Still working at First Press. Still working at okay. First Press. Mm-hmm. Um, figuring out, trying to figure out what we're going to do with the Martin Park um, so again, for people that are listening, the Martins ran, uh, lived in this home in the yeah. Lowell neighborhood, which is about three blocks from from, for, from First Press, and and as part of that, they they ministered to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. At the time when they started, it was it was primarily a lot of Hmong, yeah, and refugees and yeah. and and things like that. But of course. Other people now at First Press moved into the neighborhood. If you've listened to the Randy White and HB's podcast, they talk a lot about that and invested in old walls. So, yeah. so that's that. You know, meeting with um, HB's and even even like to the point until a couple of weeks before he passed, it's just like you are the future. Mm. Don't there's no more. You don't need to say Randy White or HB's no more. It's Oscar, and everyone's gonna believe in the vision that God's given to Oscar. So no more, he's telling me, no more riding our tailcoats. And I was like, I've always used it as an icebreaker. Mm. You say Randy White, HP's, oh, and it, mm. it, it would open another door for me. But he's like, no, it's you. And I just like, all right. You know what I mean? I still have a voicemail on my phone from him mm. calling me to check up to see when we're going to meet again. And, you know, I get a lot of messages. So I delete, 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 and then I just mm-hmm. keep leaving it there. And I press it every once in a while because those words that, his voice brings the words that he spoke into me in the past. And that's why I think it's really important as as we pour into other people through our efforts as mentoring or as 
walking alongside a, a guy in his addiction from the rescue mission or from Teen Challenge that we we take those things seriously because these guys are are, are living in environments that there's no one else pouring into them. Mm-hmm. And that's that was with me. Like I told people, I feel like that kid that got dropped off at the at the at the church doorsteps and it was her dedication saying, If you give me a son, I will give him back to you. Mm-hmm. And then it became he became a prophet. He became this and that. And I just think like I did that on my own because no one else was willing to help me do anything. They just said, We give up on you. And I gave up on myself. And and now if as I still lived, I was like, All right, someone believed in me. Someone like the Martins. And I remember Marty saying, You don't have to call it Martin Park. Hmm. I said, No, we're gonna call it Martin Park. We're gonna continue the legacy that you guys built and it's gonna live on through us, the Rodriguez. And now as in 2016, we became a nonprofit. We're going to see this go over and beyond. And I, I tell people, my parenting is we're celebrating 140 years of First Presbyterian Church. If mm. Martin Park, if God's will is to continue 140 more years, our examples is First Presbyterian Church and the efforts around it. Because not only First Press, but like Cornerstone, um, Bethany, Hope Now, all these organizations that built me into a man. People I always look at the vision where it says there's pieces missing of mm-hmm. a person and they're, mm-hmm. they're in another person. And mm-hmm. those those are in me to make a better future for the next generation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I bank on that, that his heavenly word is eternal. It's not gonna go nowhere, but the example is gonna be what we're gonna set for others to see. And mm-hmm. I'm grateful to be part of that, you know, and, and like I said, Martin Park, it hasn't been an easy journey. But now we have three sites and we're in three different neighborhoods. We're still in the 93701 area code. Mm. But if you're going off the 41180, if you look down as it starts curving to the 180, you'll see a green space. And that comes from our people from EMP, Ivan Paws, talking about Fresno needs more green space. We painted everything green. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we said, that's the green space. It's going to be green. Everything's yeah. green. And we, different shades of green. But just the same thing in the com- the commonness as the Martins open their yard to the community, we open this park that we have for half an acre. And it's, and everyone would ask when it was a dirt field, how do you know it's going to work? I go, well, the Martins did it, and I've done it for all these years at, in the low community. Mm-hmm. Webster community is thirsty. So you left First Press job and yes. now and, and transitioned into Martin Park full-time, which now you have this nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So tell us. A little bit about just kind of what you do there, what Martin Park is, and just kind of your yeah. your daily rhythm as the executive director of this nonprofit called Martin okay. Park. Well, as executive director, when I left the church, it was like I was still like thinking like, all right, now I'm the executive director. What do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> and I just started um, keep being who I was, didn't abandon all my other hats. I w- I've always wore many hats, and I just started praying about, all right, this hat needs a role. Operation d- director. This hat needs a role. Program director. This hat, this this um, 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 development coordinator. Community advocates, I know how to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, and I said, all right, bring me community advocates, Lord. And he brought me a community advocate by the name of Matt, Matt Miranda. He went to the rescue mission. He knew what it was like to do... Um, um, Saturday sports at, at, at the city center or not city center, um, the dream center. And it's just like, I seen the ambition in him and the willingness. And I just like took that. And then from there, we started building up and we got someone to donate, um, some finances to fill these roles for a few years, mm-hmm. like a, like a little pillow and seed money, yeah. seed money. And I just, I, and all that comes from like seeing people get money from the shark tank. And I was like, yeah, those, those aren't, it's not like I did a shark tank, but I knew that the commonness of, of the Holy Spirit within all Randy White and everyone, that, all these efforts were in me too. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I just seen it. And now as Martin Park has grown, we have eight paid staff. Mm. And people yeah. always like, it's, it amazes me how much, how much you've grown. And I go, it amazes me too. And it also wakes me up in the middle of the night because I have to start learning how to fundraise, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. do, and think out. The executive director job is the best, the job that God's called me to do, but it could be nerve wracking trying to figure out how to get people involved. But as I'm taking a class with Divuli, and I just came back from a session with them, a three day session, and it's like, 
It's always been there. The people that are going to invest in you all have been around you. Mm. There's no need. It's just to change the verbiage of the why. What is, for someone that doesn't know, I mean, we know Martin Park name, but what is it, What in a nutshell, what would you say, explain what Martin Park does? Martin Park has always been a light in the community, a safe place with um, the, 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 in hopes to teach the next generation the endless love of God. And we do that through our after-school programming of um, enrichment, of, of um, helping kids with their homework, social, emotional. And these are all, the, all everything that um, I'm speaking is what our program director is, is seeing the necessities, and she's able to flourish it. Her name's um, Marissa, and it's just like she's able to bring that all out. And she's done this in the past, and then the grant ran out. And is but there's still the desire to do these things, and and as we as we were looking for a program director, we seen that the necessity, you know, mm. it's always been that to have a safe place. The Martins did it for many years, and we're doing it, and now we're doing it in the form of having um, proper procedures, having um, safety, having making all those things a priority because then we want people to feel like you know what I do feel safe here, and I am growing from this, and I don't. We tell kids all the time, you don't have to be um, carry on the generational torch mm. of the hurt that's that's been passed down to you. It can change in you. So Martin Park, um, if many many know us, like we on the website, it's always showing what our four pillars are, what we what we're out here to do: the safety, security, the education, the spiritual. It's all together. There's mm. not one more important than the other, and it's just like meeting those necessities. As we stood in the gap. For many years, we used to tell people gap, meaning guiding, accepting, and providing. And we're going to stand and we're going to do these things. Mm. Sometimes it's one more <laughs> than the other, but it's all that order to make a bridge for individuals to be able to cross over on both sides, from the resources to the churches to come into the communities, and we're standing in that gap. And for the community to go over to the churches and organizations to better themselves so there's a place for them to go back and forth without feeling like, you know what, I messed up last time because, you know, we tell them we serve a, a forgiving God, but we have to learn to mm. forgive ourselves and ask him, like, forgive me, you know, mm. and that's what I've countless times, you know, over and over and didn't give up. And I really feel that my education came from my life experience, you mm. know, so as I'm as I'm speaking to the community and I'm speaking to the parents or or even the kids they're wow, I tell the kids, you're bringing home the bacon, <laughs> you take food home, you're bringing home the bacon. And they always living and working in a in a neighborhood like Lowell has you know its share of challenges. How how do you know if you're making a difference, Oscar? There's there's a lot of measuring sticks, but the the real one is the one when it's right in front of you. When you're um, when you're seeing thirty to forty kids run around, and you only have two staff members going crazy, mm. but you still look at we got thirty forty kids that ain't hanging out on the on the lines like crows mm. trying to find what they're going to get involved in we have um we have their attention so let's keep their attention and, and they'll turn back to this because it's not going to come back void the bible studies the uh, the enrichment is going to give them the value you know of of that I didn't have like i said the reason why i turned to gangs was because there was something missing so as we're putting that something missing christ we're not having to keep putting other things, oh, it's not that, it's this, it's not that, it's this. And 10 years go by, they're like, no, I know I'm a child of God, and I know that God loves me, and I know that Marn Park is here for me. Mm. Marn Park Webster, Marn Park Lowe, Marn Park Susan B. Anthony are God's plan because before that, the kids from Lowe, the kids from Webster, the only time they would see each other is at a junior high school and end up being in two different gangs mm. and then end up mm. fighting each other. So what... As we see, like kids are are interacting with kids from Webster and Lowe, and then going to Tippity Middle School, where it's it's a it's a battlefield. They're saying oh, we played football before. Mm. I don't, you know, yeah. If you if you end up becoming a gang member, still doesn't define that I have to hate you. Because mm. I remember we met at Martin Park, and that's those are the the proof in the pudding for me. Is as as we're walking with kids. They're seeing themselves as opportunity mm. to be invested in. I think it's important uh, that people hear the story. So Martin Park's been around. Then you, uh, through through the Lord and resources, were able to open a second yes. neighborhood program now called Webster Park. 
but this house <laughs> tell us about tell us about where it's located because yeah. it's a it's a pretty incredible story oscar yeah, well, the Webster community has always been on the heart of many people. Because you grew up there. Yeah, I grew up there. But even before that, like, I was here at Neighbors Rest, and they're like, oh, we try to do something in Webster. And I'm like, yeah, I lived in Webster. And then, you know, through through the tragedy of my parents passing away, my dad and then my mom dying from cancer, it just, we kind of inherited um, the house that had debt. And we were like, that's three siblings with no 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 sense of what's going to happen or no will we just kept paying the house payment <laughs> you know we kept paying the house and this is the house that you yeah, grew up the in house that grew that up your in. mom and mom owned yeah mom passing. and dad owned <laughs> but they still had debt on it and we're like well how are we going to figure this out and through all that you know there's there was some trials and things happen and, and it got handed to me and i just well i'll just use it as a storage and have guys live there or whoever like you know just seeing what the Marns gave me apartments i just seen it as an opportunity and then i i started um what if we build a Marn park over here mm. and then through through all that the the property next to it it had a for sale sign and we just like what if we buy this field and this is the side yard like it is at my house and we have someone live at the house and they oversee the field and then you know the the gentleman ended up donating the property to us, and it just through mm. through the homelessness that was living on the freeway, and it trickled onto this field, and it lit a big old fire. He just like, you know what? You're a nonprofit. What if I just donate it to you? And I just like I had to ask permission because now I'm a nonprofit. So <laughs> I asked my board, and he's just like, what are we gonna do with there? We go, We're gonna build a park because the example was the Martins did it for 20 years, turned half the yard into a park. The Rodriguez came in and did the same thing. And now we have opportunity to even have a, a further hand extended to the Webster community with the same model. Cause that's what you do. You do something to repeat it. Right. And, um, I just like, all right, we're going to do this. And everyone thought that it was bananas that everyone thought like, how is this going to happen? Went, try to apply for, um, prop 168 money building parks in, in, in California. It was a about it was a up to eight million dollars. I was like, wow, that's more than enough. And mm. didn't get that. And then um went after some measure P money, didn't get that. And it's mm. like they said it was for existing parks and it was for it was for that. That's what they were that, that's what their predictions were when they when I had asked. And then um just trials again. Like I seen them buy the the Tower Theater and I was like, I was a slap in my face. I was like, man, I think I said it was for parks, but you know, I said, you know what? Mm. You got me, you know what I mean? Because through all of it, we accomplished what we had, what we have right now at the at the Webster site with seven people. Mm. Seven people that said, I believe in what you're doing, or said, my company believes in what you're doing. But it was most, it was seven people that, that gave financially that we put in a bank account that sat there for, during the COVID, it didn't mm -hmm. become general funds. It mm -hmm. didn't get moved because I learned those things from, from working at First Press, some mm. things are designated, and it's this: you dot your eyes and and cross your t's, and Good. you leave it where it's at, and you honor God. And I just like that's what I learned. And those things, you know, the old me would have been like, "Well, let's try to flip this. Let's let's, let's invest this." So mm -hmm. I say, you know what, Lord, you gave us this money, and we're going to use it wisely. And we did. So now you're in your old neighborhood. Yeah. Now now I'm in the community that I used to be the problem, yeah. um, in front of a house where. In front of my my mom and dad's house, I got stabbed three times. You mm -hmm. know, I got into a fight and I got stabbed in front of the house. You know, and as we do community events, I just look at, and there's people sitting there now, and I'm like, exactly right there, I got stabbed. Mm -hmm. And I just think in my mind, like, again, the years the locust has eaten, God mm -hmm. is restoring them. That's awesome. My neighbors, everyone's just like that are still there from when I was a kid, they're like, we, we thought you were dead, you mm -hmm. know? And then we and see- And here you are. Here you are right. saying you're going to build a park. And everyone was doubtful. People at church were like, you're loony, Noah. Yeah, right, you're building a park. And, <laughs> and then I'm like, Noah was building an ark. Oscar's building a park. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's just something that people thought that we couldn't do. But you know, the real motivation came from the handing down of the Martins. Mm. And that's where it's just like Martin Park and everyone that I talk to that's that's involved in ministry or has 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 had Marty as their pediatrician and it's just like Doctor Marty was my doctor <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm just like 
Yeah, and I knew I know as I as you I appreciate that history. Yeah, yeah, interact with people from the well or from from other churches. They're just like, we know Doctor Marty. That was our kids' pediatrician. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Rich Wathen, his kids. You know, and that's that's another endeavor and getting him involved, Mike Nyman, and just like seeing them buy the first apartments where Joni moved in when she met Marty. It was mm-hmm. just like, and then turning that into a transitional home from yeah, in there's a movement in low there's a yeah. movement in low in in revitalizing with with um with um people that came into the community to destroy it are now living in the community and being the light or getting that that pressure that i can be in these communities mm. and not be a drug addict the theme of this podcast is it's fbc conversations how god is at work in the every everyday lives of the first press community or fbc community how would you say for you oscar god is god is at work how's god working in you through you around you right now god is at work when i wake up or when i wake up um in the morning i'm it's time to go to work god you're at work you you chose me again to continue doing the things that you want done here and have all the days been, has it been fine and dandy? No. Has my family and myself put myself through things? Yes. But you know what? I see God working through through the organizational skills that I've learned, through the church skills that I learned, being on staff here at First Press and being involved in staff meetings and having that opportunity because, you know, as as some would say, you were just a custodian. And I see God at work in that. God used me as a custodian. I have mm. a friend that he runs the Fresno Mission, Matt Dildine, and he was just always like, you inspire me. Mm. And I was like, didn't understand because he was a lawyer. And then when he finally told me, hey, I quit my job as a lawyer and I'm going to work at the Fresno Rescue Mission, I thought he was bananas. Mm. So why would you do that? You know. Mm. But um, God had a plan, and God is using me to inspire others to fulfill that plan in their own lives. It's not... Oh, I want to be like Oscar. During during like our first years before COVID, they were like, "Once you meet Oscar, you you get the Oscar fever." And I'm like, "Don't <laughs> don't call me a fever no more." But mm. it's just that that I guess it's that that desire. Like, wow, look what's happening in Low. You know, I mm. can tell people all the time. Like when they told me the house is on Glen and Belmont, I'm like, "Whoa!" Mm. I didn't even know that house was there. Mm-hmm. And I've drove past it many many times. When I first came to Hope Now. And they said the address was 1540. I didn't even know this church was there because I was looking at it through the wrong lens. Mm. So good and bad. Continue mm. looking at life through a lens that God has for you. But mm. at the same time, you can refocus and change it and see what mm. what hurts happening there. And he will show you more than what you ever expected. So as I walk day by day, and I always ask God, what do you want for me today? Mm. That's a great question to yeah. ask every day. Every day, because That's every awesome. day is going to be something other than what you're normally being asked mm-hmm. to be out, go out and make disciples and, and to provide and to love him. And then when you say, what do you want me to do today? That's a plus of what you're already doing and mm-hmm. understanding that there's enough time in the day and God wouldn't give you more than what you can handle. Mm-hmm. So don't think that your plates are full. As as I tell my staff, I'm like, doesn't mean that I'm going to sit here and overwhelm you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you be able to pick and choose what you want mm. to do. And I, I love that, that that freedom that I give was given to me. Mm. And so I use that as a measuring stick for not just my 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 staff, but my family, my kids mm. as they go through stuff. Like we taught them. We yeah. they they seen it. They they know where to go. Mm. They know where the water holes are go are at. But sometimes they make bad decisions and they mm. have to um deal their consequences and it's 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 a hand that's dealt to them and I I just pray for them and I just continue encouraging them. And just, like I said, there's a lot of us now and it's just like, I used to think that it would never, I would never amount to nothing. That I would be in a five by seven cell for the rest of my life with no family. And I was okay with that. Mm. But God had, God looking in the mirror and seeing words in my neck. a great image. That's a great image and looking in that little mirror. and Bulldogs don't surrender and the word, all he wanted me to was do with surrender and the word bulldogs has dogs and dogs backwards is God. Mm. And I've been doing everything backwards to let me do it right. And mm. I, I tell people that was a turning point, but the commitment to not fall to my addiction. Cause you can, you can want things, but then the, the alcohol and drugs can make it a distance. Mm-hmm. I kept it in front of me all these years and 
I'm just glad that God keeps giving me the encouragement, even by coming to this podcast, to be able to hear myself. Mm. Because now this is in the cloud. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's out <laughs> and there. People are going to say, wow, I, I got an insight what he said. I read his little book that he wrote. And you know what? I'm inspired to start it. And that it all, that's how Roger Manassian, when he wrote the um, gang, um, Jobs of Hope, the the book that he mm -hmm. wrote, mm -hmm. it it's not just uh, the journey that he, he wrote. It's the blueprint how someone can start a hope now in their own town. Mm. So that's hope awesome. nows are needed. Martin Parks are needed. People of God are the people that are going to make these things even last longer than they think, you know, but it takes, and that's why I tell people, I'm not a church, but I'm a place for churches mm. to be the church. So it's as awesome. we do that, we're encouraged with the time and effort that um, individuals put into us, and then they take it back to their church. And when I see six, seven pastors coming to a ribbon cutting, mm -hmm. I, I took a picture of that. I said, gotcha. Don't Webster, yeah. Tell them, gotcha, because yeah. I was able to say, Look what it looks like when people come together right. to be the people that God's called them to be, yeah. to be together. I'm going to read a scripture, and I want you to respond kind of what you feel like this means to you. This was a scripture that, as I was preparing for this, it, it, I felt like the Lord put this, this scripture to me. Uh, it's from Matthew 25, which says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. What does that scripture mean to you? It means just to have that that love. It means to not think that your day is too busy to be able to do those things, not all in one place, but all and out, and you will see the Lord continue molding I think of Jeff Rooney visiting people in jail. I don't visit people in jail. Mm. I think of um, us providing food. I think of Cornerstone. I think of everything that the church efforts to stay downtown, hear the testimonies of Marty's mom's um, eulogy, and just saying, like, we all have a part in this, and, and we have to continue sticking to what we know, the clarity and that vision. The world is going to, distract us to say those people done that to themselves mm. i don't feel sorry for them but that's not having the compassion that god has for us because there's things that we have done and we have um done unto god that he he sees us righteous still and mm. we just have to come to a heart of repentance mm. and that's what i i say like you will see all those attributes in people you will see that love that you're supposed to have at different times but when you start um, accumulating and others are around you, you're like, we're fulfilling being the body that we're called to be. Mm. So I always say, like, the hashtags are in Him I trust, mm. place at the table, and um, giving hope together. And people are like, yes, thank mm. you. And I, I'm grateful to be able to be a bearer of that truth. You know, some of it's um, stuff that I learn, but I, I tell people the stories and the Bible, it's inspired by God, but those they were following the instructions and they were talking about this is what happened mm. during my time. And that's that's like, this is what I'm telling you, that what Dan's doing, what Oscar's doing, what First Press is doing is where God has us right now today. You know, mm. And those things will be remembered through being um, documented or or um, or be remembered through the kindness that we've done to others. Mm. You know, And it's never, never going to stop to the day, like I said, when I wake up, and one day I'm not going to wake up. Mm. But they're gonna, people are going to be left with the image of, you know what, Oscar. But it wasn't Oscar, it was Jesus. Mm. And he did all these things through Oscar, and he can help me through mm. what I'm going through. Well, Oscar, I know that as a church, we're super proud of, of being a part of Martin Park, watching you grow. Um, and we're just really pleased that that the Lord has called you in the way he has and serving the neighborhood. And yeah. I just want to say thank you for coming and sharing your heart and your, and your testimony and your journey with our listeners. I know you're a blessing. So Amen. thank you. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you again, Dan. Like that in my mind right now, so many people that I want to thank and I thank them spiritually to the Lord. Cause God knows that he placed people in my life. You know what I mean? That, that have carried me or showed me 
or giving me the opportunity that I, I felt even at the times that I didn't deserve. You know what I mean? I expressed that many times to d individuals and I just think of all the names and I say, Lord, thank you mm. for giving me the ability to work as a body with other believers. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Oscar. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. If you have not met Oscar or you don't know about the amazing work at Martin Park, be sure to look up their website, introduce yourself to Oscar, or even consider volunteering for one of their events or programs. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any questions or feedback from our FPC Conversations podcast, feel free to send us an email to conversations at fpcfresno.org. May this podcast deepen your faith, deepen our love for one another, and ultimately help us become more like Jesus. Until next time.